0: But there was one thing that the grown-ups also knew, and it was this, that however the small the chance might be of striking lucky, the chance is there. The chance had to be there. Roll doll. Hello and welcome back to the Turn Right Podcast. This is episode 71. Today we are going to talk about pinch and plot points in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the movie original edition. I thought this would be a good and helpful episode of understanding story structure. I have another very similar episode in which I dissect the pinch and plot points of The Wizard of Oz. I think that fantasies are often excellent illustrations, pinch and plot points because you can actually see some of these points visually represented within the story, like the midpoint in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So I'm going to break down the pinch and plot points, where they should be in the story, how they're illustrated in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and how this technique can help you as a writer. I think that if you're a pantser and you're trying to outline your novel, kind of looking at the overall Um, elements of the story, the overall pinch and plot points can be helpful. It's not as overwhelming as a detailed outline, but if you kind of have a direction for your story, maybe you've got 10,000, 20,000 words or so, you know, written down, but maybe you're a little confused on where to go, how to finish, Kind of taking a step back and looking at your story from an end-to-end perspective, calling out the opinion plot points, really thinking about what you want the climax to be, what you want the midpoint to be, how that's illustrated through the various characters, how that's illustrated with your themes. I think that can be an excellent way of you know finishing or starting a novel by doing this simple outlining exercise. So Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is of course a very famous book by Roald Dahl and it was turned into a movie. There's a couple different adaptations of it um, but essentially it's just a very classic story that I think everyone is familiar with. Charlie Bucket, he is this innocent, sweet little boy who's grown up pretty poor. Um, You can clearly see his family doesn't have much. They live in like a one or two bedroom apartment and his grandparents are all bedridden in this same bed together. And his grandpa Joe is this really nice and optimistic figure, yet he's bedridden and we can see that he's very close to Charlie. Charlie goes about his day-to-day business. We get an insight into who he is as a character. We see that he's a paper boy, and um, we watch these other kids go into um, this candy store, and they get to buy all of this candy, and they're like gorging themselves with it. And Charlie is too poor to even afford one Wonka bar. But then we have the inciting event, or the first plot point, which happens at approximately the 25% marking of the story, and it really lays out the conflict for the story, shifts the paradigm of the story. And this is whenever Willy Wonka, the owner of this mysterious chocolate factory who hasn't seen the light of day in years, announces this golden ticket contest in which people can go around and search for these golden tickets within his chocolate bars he has five and if you are a lucky winner of one of these tickets you can come to the chocolate factory tour it and get a lifetime supply of willy wonka's chocolate charlie is intrigued and inspired by this and his grandfather tells him to hope to win and to search for a ticket and his mom kind of gets mad and is like why are you getting charlie's hopes up This is never going to happen to him. Like these chances are impossible. But we see that Charlie's grandfather really believes in him. He believes that he can be lucky and that one of these tickets is Charlie's. So we're excited and we wanna see if Charlie is going to get one of these tickets but I think a big part of this first plot point is, is that Roald Dahl introduced Charlie as a character up to this point. He made us feel a lot of empathy for him, and he showed us how poor he was. Otherwise, the stakes wouldn't be as high. So before you execute your first plot point, make sure we understand all of the major characters, and make sure we understand the stakes and how the goal of the first plot point is important to your character. Several of the tickets are found by people in sort of sketchy business. There's Augustus, this very overweight boy from Germany. There's Verunka. She's this very entitled young girl whose father has a lot of money. Eventually we see that a fifth person has found a golden ticket and there's no more left for Charlie. He's really bummed out about it and everything seems hopeless. We don't seem to see a plot. Maybe the story's over at this point. And this is the first pinch point at the 37% marking. And we see the antagonist getting Charlie. The antagonist is not clearly defined here, but we just can see that he is not getting a golden ticket and he's not going to have a chance to um, go to Wonka's factory. However, the ticket turns out to be fraudulent and the story continues. Then we have the midpoint, which is the 50% marking of your story. Again, this should be another pivot in the story. Your character is going off in a new direction. And this is whenever Charlie enters Willy Wonka's factory with his grandfather, and he enters with four other very entitled children who are juxtaposed with Charlie. Wonka's factory is grandiose, it's dazzling, it's really a crazy place that no one could have fathomed. Um, despite that, it's a little bit frightening, there seems to be all of these twists and turns, and Wonka is a very interesting character himself. So, at the midpoint, we get this reveal of Wonka himself. So, we get a reveal of another major character. We also literally get a new land that Charlie is immersed in, and this helps pivot the story. It really maintains our interest. You know, we see this new place and how this was juxtaposed with where Charlie grew up, this grandiose factory, compared to Charlie's simple home. We are especially rooting for Charlie now as we see him juxtaposed with these other children who are just oh so entitled and so self-absorbed, and we just really love Charlie more and more as we see him contrasted to these kids. There is the second pinch point, which squeezes the tension a little bit. We see what the antagonist is a little bit more clearly here, and this occurs around the 62% marking in your story. And this is whenever Augustus falls into the chocolate river while he was trying to drink this chocolate, which he was forbidden, to, which he was forbidden to drink by Mr. Wonka. And we sort of start seeing more of the theme here that good people win if you follow the rules. And we see what happens to Augustus because he doesn't listen to Mr. Wonka. Is Mr. Wonka actually the antagonist? I don't know. We move along to the third plot point, which is the 75% marking in the story. And this is the lowest point for the character. Um, It should be foreshadowed by the second pinch point. And for Charlie, he and Grandpa Joe suck on this helium gas and they float up to the sky and it looks really positive for them and they're having a great time until they almost reach the fan and almost get sucked up by it Um, but they still are okay and they come back down by burping and it all seems okay it doesn't really seem like the lowest point in the story at that time but because of what we know happens at the climax it would be the lowest point in the story by the third plot point you should not be introducing any more characters we've seen the oompa loompas we've seen the four other children with charlie we understand wonka Um, there's really no more new characters introduced Um, there's no more lands really being explored we're just continuing on within this factory and the stakes are getting higher and higher as each child is eliminated from the contest because of their own selfishness. So then we move along to the climax, which should be about the 90 to 95% marking of the story. This is whenever you want to pull out the flashing fireworks, the big guns, you're at the edge of the mountain, ready to plunge into the icy waters. This is the big stuff. And if your climax is done correctly, everything should be wrapping up shortly after. So They've reached the end of their journey throughout the factory. The four other children have gone home. Um, They go into this glass elevator. There's kind of this imaginative flashback sort of scene. And then the moment we've been waiting for is Charlie going to get this lifetime supply of chocolate. And he doesn't. Wonka tells Charlie he has to go home. He doesn't get the prize since he broke the rules, which we saw in the third plot point. We're all disappointed. We were rooting for Charlie. Everything feels hopeless. The themes don't quite seem to be realized. You know, why was there all of this optimism and hope brought to us by Charlie's grandpa for only this to happen? Nothing makes sense. Just as Charlie is about to leave, he remembers that he has this gobstopper, which Mr. Slugworth, the antagonist working along in the background, had promised Charlie a ton of money for... Um, If he could get him this gobstopper and Mr. Slugworth is this competing candy man and he was going to use this in his own business. Charlie remembers he has this gobstopper, which he wasn't supposed to take, and he gives it back to Mr. Wonka. At that moment, Mr. Wonka says, Charlie, congratulations, you've won the game because you were honest. Even though you broke the rules, you chose honesty in the end. And not only do you get a lifetime supply of Mwaka bars, but you also can own and manage the factory. Charlie can hardly believe it. His grandpa is so excited. They are so happy. We as the reader feel fulfilled because we have been following along with Charlie through his journey. We have been rooting for him. We're so happy he won and not Augustus or Verunka or any of those other selfish kids. And then the resolution occurs right at the end of the book. We find out that Mr. Slugworth was actually working for Wonka and he wasn't this bad guy. He wasn't the real Mr. Slugworth. And the story wraps up with Charlie owning the factory and everything being happy and dandy. Overall, it's a really cute story that nicely illustrates pinch and plot points. Let me know, do you disagree or agree with any of my analysis? I feel like if you really can pick out pinch and plot points in stories then you can certainly have an easier time kind of understanding the structure of your own story and picking them out within your own story or using them to um, outline and prepare for your own novel. I hope this episode was helpful. If it was, share it with your writer friends, share it on social media. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying and I will talk to you on our next road trip.